praise God. Praise God. What I have on my heart today is the theme that we've been on for a while, and it's the love of God, the love of God. And the title for today is Grown Up Love. Grown Up Love. That there is a maturity that we can attain to in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the love of God. And that we started towards this, this theme at the end of last message, Triumphant Love, I believe that title was from last week. And at the tail end, I started moving into the maturity that we have in Christ and that we can attain to in Christ. That even Paul was pressing towards that perfection. And, and perfection is really not the right word because in English it, it, it means a sense of um, something that we do of our own. But he was pressing towards this maturity that comes through the revelation of the Christ man within us. So it, it would not be the way, the verse I'm going to open with, it might sit a little off in terms of the theme that we have been on, but it's right on point. <laughs> it's Hebrews 4. Verse 7. Hebrews 4 is the chapter where the rite of Hebrews starts moving into the promise of the rest that we have in the body of Christ. And um, in 7, the tail end of it, he writes, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. That's a paraphrase from the Old Testament, Psalm 95, I believe. Without the revelation of the love of God, we'll harden our hearts towards God. Without the revelation of the love of God, our hearts will be stony cold. When we come to recognize the purpose of salvation to be one with the Father, when we recognize that He so loved me, that He loved me first, what it does, it opens up my heart to receive of Him. It opens up my heart to receive from Him. And when I open up to Him, then He, He in turn does what only He can do. And that is to soften my heart, to transform my, my mindset through the work of the Holy Ghost as I abide in this word so that I would not in that moment of trial harden my heart towards Him. A lot of our issues are actually from a hard heart. A lot of our issues, our walk on earth here as a believer, it's really moving from glory to glory. And it's, it's coming out of one layer of hardening of heart to another layer of softening of our hearts. That we be tender before the Lord, that we be gentle. We allow the gentleness of the Holy Spirit to express Himself through us so that our fellowship with the Spirit be in love. That we recognize that without the revelation of the love of God, I will be cramped up. I will be uptight. I would not trust the Lord. So down, let's go to chapter five now. Well, actually, before we get into five, let's continue from, from, from this verse. If we go to 11, let us therefore, from 411, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Let us be diligent to enter that rest, meaning it is there for us. And by allowing our hearts to be tender towards the Lord, which is a trusting heart, it's a heart of faith and faith works by love. And so, Love again is at the core of it all, but then we, then we can have a diligence to enter in that which is already provided for us. And if we're not diligent to enter that rest, then there is a caution there. Lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. A hardened heart is what brings forth disobedience. A hardened heart is what takes one into sin. A hardened heart is what makes one shrink away from God. A hardened heart is what makes one obstinate. In a day of provocation, and the day of, of the trial, in the day of the testing of my heart, instead of opening up to the Lord, I'll harden it and I will be stiff-necked. I will resemble the example of the Israelites of all that did not and could not enter the promise of God because they made a choice. And the choice is not to Heed the voice of God. The choice is not to heed the voice of God. And that choice is made through the state of our heart. Verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful. The word of God is living and powerful. The word that he said he gave the promise to them. He spoke to Joshua. He spoke to Moses of this land of promise. That word is 
living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Well, this is telling me that if we do not enter into the rest of faith, if we don't enter into this place that he has prepared for us before the foundation of the world to be before him in love, we are actually not allowing the word to work for us. We are disqualifying the power of the word of God because the word is powerful. The word is a weapon. But if we harden our heart, we are hardening our heart against the the working of the word within us so that it becomes ineffective. So what hardens our heart? It's a mindset. Uh, it's a mindset. The word in, in, um, if we go to, I was right there yesterday in Mark 7. This is the, the, the Pharisees persecuting Jesus and went to him and talked about hand washing. 7 to now when they saw some of his disciples, when the Pharisees, some of Jesus' disciples eating bread with, with defiled, that is with unwashed hands, they found fault. So they found fault with unwashed hands. They found fault with an external discipline. They found fault with an outside appearance. Unwashed hands. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way, holding the traditions of the elders. They have a mindset. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. There are many other things which they have received and hold, like the washing of cups, pitchers, copper vessels, and couches. So they approach Jesus and say, why? Again, accusation last week. I brought another story where the Pharisees were accusing the Son of God's love. And here's another accusation. Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands. Interesting how Jesus answers to them. He always goes to the core because the core of all matter is the heart. He answered, said to them, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me. See, when our heart is far from God, when our heart is hardened, when we do not hear his voice because of a hardened heart, then we're worshiping him in vain. In vain they worship me, teaching us doctrines, the commandments of men, and we sway away and move away from the truth and the reality and the love of the word of God, and we pick up the commandments of men, of this is what we believe, this is what we do, and this is how we do it. And all of it, if it's done from a hard heart, is a front against God, and it's in vain. And it is actually a provocation against God because of a hardened heart. And here we see the purpose. Why? Why that happens? For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men. Verse 13. Making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. So not just this thing, but many such things you do. You have a habit of being in the front against the living word. And then he says that there's nothing that enters a man from outside which can defile him, but it's what comes out of our heart. That which comes out of him, those things defile. Again in 18, whatever enters a man from outside cannot defile him. Verse 20, he says, what comes out of a man, that defiles a man. So what comes out of a hardened heart is not faith. What comes out of a hardened heart is not a reality that I am loved. And if faith is the only thing that pleases God, then whatever comes out of a hardened heart, knowing it's not faith, is displeasing to God. 
So this word, the purpose of the word and the working of the Holy Ghost is to tenderize our heart. That will open up our heart to God and one another. Verse 21, for from within, out of the heart of man proceed evil thoughts. And he lines them all up. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. So if we go back to Hebrews 4, that's why now we can understand the earnestness of the right of Hebrews. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, which is the place of trusting God. The, the place of full persuasion, knowing that I am now accepted in him. And it's no longer the external working that bring pleasure to him, but it's a heart that's open and tender towards God. It's a believing heart. It's a trusting heart. And that heart of believing is a joyful heart. So that we can allow the word to work. So we can allow this two-edged sword, sharper than two-edged sword to work. We can allow the living and powerful word of God to work in our lives, to bring forth a discernment of our thoughts, to, to say, Desi, that thought is hardening your heart, Desi. It's judging the intent of every thought within me. So when I have an open heart, I can come into the word and allow this word to judge the intents of my heart, lest I harden my heart and walk away from, from entering into that promise that I already have, that I'm one now with him. I'm one with God. I've been granted access into that most holy place to be one with God, to commune with the holy God, to have a revelation that I am now in him forevermore. I'm hid with Christ in God and in him is all in love and peace and joy and full acceptance, full acceptance. I do not need to earn another layer of acceptance because I have chosen to believe that which he says in his word. Right after this moment of, of encouragement to enter into that which we already have, he said, I'll tell you why I'm encouraging. Because look at the high priest you have. Look at the high, look at Jesus. If You know, he of course says the same in Hebrews 12. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. When you behold love, you partake of love. When you behold love, you become love. When you behold love, you open up your heart to receive love. Because there's no condemnation. There's no accusation. There's no finger pointing. There's no stoning. That's 14. Seeing that we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who doesn't get us. <laughs> who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. But was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Which tells me we can walk this walk. We can walk this walk, this righteous walk. Through a revelation of the love of God as we've entered into the rest of God. We can walk this unmarked by sin walk. Let us therefore come boldly, boldly run, come boldly to the throne of grace. Be diligent to enter into that place that God has provided for us. The throne of grace that we may what? Obtain mercy, obtain strength, obtain. He's the, Paul calls him the father of all mercies. He's the father of all mercies to obtain mercy. Every day I need new mercy. To recognize who I am. To recognize that I am now made in the very image and likeness of the Son. That I'm being transformed into glory. That I'm being, I'm being catapulted deeper into the love of God. That I'm maturing in the love of God. To find grace. To help in time of need. And see, let's see what Jesus underwent to, quali to be qualified by the Father. He didn't qualify himself. The Lord Father God qualified his son. Here in, in, in 5, 5 Hebrews, so also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said of him, the father, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And another place he says, you are a priest forever. God has already qualified us in Christ. I don't need to qualify myself. You don't need to qualify yourself. God 
already has qualified us. He has qualified Christ. And now that we are in Christ, we stand qualified before him because we stand in Christ. It's not destiny standing before Father God. It's destiny in the body of Christ stands before God in love. I am predestined in Hebrew, sorry, Ephesians 1, 4 that we keep quoting to be before him predestined to be made in the image of God, in the image of the Son of God. We're predestined to, to, have, to walk this walk of transformation, to resemble Him because I'm placed in Him. I'm placed in Him. And in this placing, I'm becoming that which I'm placed in to be. My placement defines me. My placement in Christ defines me because he has already placed me in the son of his love. That is my definition of who I am. I am in the body of his love. But look, look what brought forth this qualification. Jesus, who in verse 7, in the days of his flesh, when he had offered the prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him, was able to save him from death. And was hurt because of what? Of his godly fear. He was hurt because he had a heart of honor. He had an open heart before God. He had an honorable heart before God. Though he was a son, yet he learned. Though he was the son of God, yet he walked earth as a man. Yet he learned. He learned. And so we too are now walking this walk. We are learning. Learning what? <laughs> Obedience. A soft heart. If you call the hardened heart disobedience, what is a soft heart? Obedience. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience. What did we just read here? That their hardening of their heart was disobedience. First Hebrews 4, 6, Since therefore it remains that some must enter it. And those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of what? Disobedience. And then he says the next verse today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. A hard heart equals disobedience. Jesus had to learn to have a soft heart. To be obedient. How profound is that? So we are walking the same path of obedience. Through the things that he suffered. So he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected. Here's that word. Matured. That's from the word telos. Perfected. Grown up. The title is grown up love. Perfected in the persuasion. I am love. Perfected in the persuasion. As he is, so am I. Perfected in the persuasion. I am. I have a call. There is a call. I'm walking out. Jesus knew the call. He walked intentionally. He walked on person, in, on purpose. He was fully persuaded of that which God said it is so. And he was only led, solely led by the voice of the Holy Ghost. He only did, he did not speak of his own authority, the word of God said. Jesus did not speak of his own authority. But he spoke from the authority of the Father. Then we saw in John the same. I just did it with a Dominion Talk or podcast. I've been sort of banking on the same theme this week. That in John we see of the Holy Spirit that he did not speak of his own authority either. That the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father. The Holy Spirit proceeds out of the mind of God and, 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 and only speak that which is delegated by the mind of God to speak to us, which is to bring to remembrance the word of God. So Jesus had to walk out this obedience, had to learn through that which he suffered. Not my will. That's the ultimate suffering. Not my will. Thy will. Not my will. Not my Now, of course, Jesus didn't have a carnal way about him. But in our flesh, we have a carnal way. And the suffering is reckoning myself dead to the world, to the passions of the flesh. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride. To all that's in the world, we, we read Paul writing. All that, actually, John wrote that. All that's in the world, and he stated all that was in the world. The lust of the eyes and of the flesh and the pride of life. All that's in the world. That we now, through the cross, Paul writes, have been crucified to that in the world to us. 
And yet, on a daily basis, I have to reckon myself dead to that. I have to learn obedience, as Jesus had to learn obedience. He became, and because of that, verse 9, 5, 9 in Hebrews, and having been perfected, matured, full-grown, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. To all who obey him. So as he walked, now we're walking. As he obeyed Father God, we to all who obey him. The walk of Christ on a haphazard walk. It's not, what is it? It will be what it will be. Just relax, chill out, chillax. No, no. There is a purpose. There is a divine instrumentation of my day. So now we're coming into... As Jesus walk, we now walk in verse 12. Oh, well, actually, let's go to, to verse 11, of whom we have much to say regarding Jesus, the high priest. The writer of Hebrews says, of whom, of Jesus, we have much to say of this high priest. Hard to explain. Why hard to explain? Since you have become what? Dull of hearing. Since you've hardened your heart. Because today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. You become dull of hearing when you harden your heart. So now in 12, for through, by this time, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk, not solid food, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. What is the word of righteousness? That Christ became sin, that I might be made righteous through him before God. That I now have a purged, pure conscience. These are the, 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 the divine ulama. These are the divine moments of God, of who we are, made righteous in his sight. To be blameless before him forever. And we can so quickly drop those realities and go back to the elementary. Okay, am I saved or am I not saved? How do I feel today? Does the laying on of hands really work? Because he starts listing the elementary things that we keep revisiting. If he said the believer shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, period, end the conversation, I don't need to revisit that one again. Become unskilled in the word of righteousness. Become unskilled in the truth of this word. We become unskilled. Why? Because we've been meditating on the wrong thing. We've not been meditating and mulling over the word. But the cares of the world have choked the reality of this word of righteousness. And the one who has allowed that to happen, that still partake in milk, is a babe. So there's nothing wrong in recognizing I'm a babe. All right, I have to grow up. Praise God. Holy Spirit, you are my guide in this maturing walk. You, you've poured out the love of God I'm to mature by. Because perfect love casts out fear. For there's no torment in fear. But in a hardened heart, there's great torment. In a hardened heart, there's great fear. Because it's due with self-preservation. That's exactly what the Israelites of old moved into from trusting God and walking out this, this walk of faith based on a delegated word that came from God through Moses and Joshua. They reverted to self-preservation. What do you mean, Joshua? Do you not see the giants? What do you mean, Joshua? They're going to slay us. i got to preserve my life, Joshua. I'm going to stay on this side because I know better. Hardened heart. When God says, reckon that old man dead. <laughs> just, just, just reckon the old man dead. Once and for all. We're brand new creation in Christ now. And so we now have to grow up in this word of righteousness. 14, but solid food belongs to those who are full of full age. That is those who by reason of use, 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 there is a repetition to this reason of use. I daily come and I use this word. I daily come and, and I have a habit of meditating and applying that which I meditate. I ponder on it and allow it to shift my perspective, allow it to shift my perspective. 
mind and allow it to renew my mind. And so when I'm in a moment, when I'm in a moment in my day and I have a decision to make, ha, I'll be led by the righteousness of the word of God. I'll be led by that which I'm persuaded because we always are led by that which we're persuaded by. But when the word has persuaded my heart, then I'll use the word rightly. And I can then discern. Oh, right. But reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And so if I am not growing by the word of God, I will not be able to discern. Why? Because my heart is hardened. And what did we say in Hebrews 4? That it comes in opposition to the activity of the word of God. The activity of the word of God is to discern to be discerned of the intents of my heart. And if I'm hardening my heart to the word of God, because I just know better than, because I'm just a little bit too busy today, because I've got better things to attend to, because I am a busy woman. I'm a busy man. I'm a busy man. <laughs> I gotta make a living. Gotta make a living. God gets me. I gotta put on the TV and just relax a bit. Unwind. Is that what unwind? No, you need to rewind and go back to this word. Go back to this word so that we allow the word to be the judge of our heart. So we allow the word to be the discerner of our heart. And as we allow and we have a Riamandru, a use that we are, we've allowed him to to communicate truth to us that we can now apply that word and be able to discern what's good and what's evil. Why? Because there's already a discerning working in me through the word of God of my own intent. See, my own intents would determine which way I go because my my life comes out of my heart, comes out of my heart. A little bit of a tough message because we have to grow up, but it's the most liberating message, really. Because sometimes we, you know, the old adage, is that what they call it? To go around the mountain. Here we go, another round the mountain. Here we go. It's you're circling your flesh, buddy. You're circling your flesh. But when you reckon that old man dead, now we, now we live unto the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will lead us into these righteous paths for his namesake. And then 6.1, therefore, leaving the discussions of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Let us go, meaning, you know, and, and here's the, the, the elementary principles, laying on of hands, the foundation of repentance. Do we have to repent? Yes, we have to repent if we miss it. Faith toward God. Yes, we're to believe God. What is the resurrection of the dead? Yes, there is a resurrection of the dead. Final judgment, eternal judgment. Yes, we will give an account of the things done in the body. And so we, we don't need to struggle with that. That, that is stated clearly in the word of God. We need to go on to perfection. Not more discussions of the truth. Is it really? In what instance is this truth? This is truth in all instances. This is the only instance there is. This is the only instance there is. No other option. Lost Jordan. So, so then we see, we, this is what the encouragement was that the example that we have now is Jesus, and he had to learn obedience through the suffering of his outer man to walk out the will of God. So if we go to James, then we can recognize, get a new light on what James is writing to us in 1-2. Brethren, brethren, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, the suffering, <laughs> knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Let patience have its perfect, perfect, mature work. That you may be what? Perfect. Again, that word tell us. That you be full grown. Because that's how Jesus walked it out. And we can look in, we looked last week in Philippians. This is also how Paul walked it out. 
says, I haven't attained this maturity yet. But one thing I do in Philippians 3 says, I'm forgetting what was and I'm found in the press. And he says, let this mind of the mature be in you too. And if you doubt it, God will show it to you. So that we may be perfect, complete, complete, lacking nothing, lacking nothing. Jesus lacked nothing because he had to walk out this walk. And really, if we go back to where we've been for weeks, without this revelation of the love of God, oh, it's very difficult. We'll revert to the tradition of man. We'll revert to uh, this is how we do it. Rather than, here's my heart, Lord. Let your word discern the intents of my heart. Let your word, I submit to you, your word, Lord. Let, let your word clean the meditations of my heart. Let your word purify my thoughts, Lord. Let your word teach me how to walk out that which I know I am. 1 John 4, 17. Love has been perfected among us in this way. Which way? Well, we just said Jesus had to walk out this perfection, this mature walk through suffering so he can now, God bestowed him and qualified him to be what? A high priest forever. If we go a little bit earlier, 14. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son, a Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. As God qualified him in him, we have also been qualified. As God called him son in his sonship, we also are called sons. And so what the Lord Jesus walked out was a walking out of our salvation. That we now have a grace to be able to identify with what he did for us. And by believing what he did for us, we, like Father Abraham, are credited as righteous. And when I know I'm right before God... I don't have to shield my heart. When I know I'm right with God, I don't have to cover up my heart to know, don't look, God, no, I still have to clean some more, God, before he can take another peek at me. God says, be wide open. That's the open heart. Because he loves me first. We read in 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. All these messages are really built on from the previous, so I'm really continuing the thought from last week. There's no fear in love. Perfect love, mature love, full-grown, grown-up love. Cast out fear. And we looked at hatred. Hatred being the very nature of Satan, and, and fear comes out of hatred. It has torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love, meaning the one that still finds fear, that's still a, a sense of a torment, it, it's just a token, a sign, haven't matured yet. Well, we're in a good class, we're here growing at Paul. As Paul was growing, we're growing. Jesus also had to grow in the full stature of God. And I said, the most profound and simplest of all explanations of the love of God, what this maturity looks like is, we love him because he first loved us. While I was yet a sinner, he died for me. When I was covered in the filth of inadequacy, spiritual pollution, and wretchedness, a heathen, running to hell joyfully, he died for me so that I could encounter this love and become his and turn from that 
wretched way to walk the righteous way now. To do with my heart. To rescue my heart. He gave me an utterance two weeks ago during worship on a Sunday morning that he came to rescue the heart of man from hatred. From being hard. From being uptight. From being crammed. If we go to uh, Second Corinthians, I believe it is. Six, I believe. Paul writing to Corinthians. Second Corinthians 6, 11. Oh, Corinthians, you can just feel the passion. Oh, Corinthians, it's kind of like Jesus looking at Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, how I, how I desire to tuck you in as a mommy hen, a little chicks to gather you in this love. How I desired to do that for you. And yet you stiff necked walked away from me. It's the same passionate tone that Paul has towards the Corinthians. Corinthians, oh Corinthians, we've spoken openly to you. Our hearts are wide open to you. You are not restricted by us. You're not restricted by us. He's saying the restriction that you feel towards us, the restriction that you feel in your daily living, the, the restriction that you feel, it's not coming from us. My heart towards you is open, but this restriction is coming. From within you, he says, you're restricted by your own affections. I looked up some of these words here. You're restricted. You're cramped. You made it narrow for yourself. You've compressed yourself within that box of wrong label. Oh. By your own affections. The word affections by the inward parts. Your heart. Your emotions. Then renewed mind boxes you in. That's the hard heart. When God says, I'm wide open towards you. See me on the cross. I'm wide open towards you. This restriction is not of me that you sense. It's of your own unrenewed mind. So let's grow up. Let the love of God open up your heart. Let the word of God clean the in inner man of you. Like the sacrifice. I'm now a living sacrifice in the Old Testament. When, when, when the bulls, they were, they were cut in pieces for sacrificing. They were washed with water. The inward parts were washed with water. And I allow the word to wash my inward parts. If we go to, um, 1 Corinthians, we looked at 1 Corinthians 13, 10, the love chapter, but the part in verse 10, 1 Corinthians 13, 10, but when that which is perfect, when that which is mature, full grown has come, then that which is in part will be done away. And last week we said that the complete drives out the partiality. And the partiality is that wavering. Am I loved? Am I not loved? I feel loved sometimes. Sometimes I don't feel loved. You see, perfect love, perfected love, the meditation that I put on the word that he first loved me is, is flushing out the impurities of this partiality and this duality. I wrote that only the mature... Only maturing in Christ will bring a stability in our walk in God. That that's to walk as Christ walk earth comes always from a full persuasion with no partiality. And so here we see um, in 14, chapter 14, verse 20, brethren, Paul writing right after this love chapter, talks about tongues and says, brethren, do not be children in your understanding, my new King James Bible says, but the, the New American Standard and some other translations say, don't be children in understanding or in think, in your thinking. Don't be children in your thinking. However, in malice be babes, but in your understanding or in your thinking be mature. So how where is maturity reflected in our thoughts? In what we understand, in that which we think on, reflects how mature we are or not mature. And again, going to what Paul says, it's coming from you inward man. The restriction is coming from the inside of you. I looked at the word thinking in, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, 20. Be not children in your thinking or your, in your understanding, and that's, really telling. It says, stop thinking like children, the Strong's Concordance. And that word is uh, thinking, 5424, friend. 
and it means midriff, heart, mind, thought. The midriff, the diaphragm, the parts around the heart. Don't be children in your inner man's thoughts. The help study, it's your personal opinion, what a person really has in mind. That is your inner outlook, your mindset, insight that regulates the outward behavior. See, we can watch an outward behavior and it's a reflection of an inward mindset. We can pretend and say the right things. God said, with their mouths, they're close to me, but with their heart, they've, they've departed from me. And that heart departure is of a hardened heart. And it's a wrong mindset. And that wrong mindset drives us away from God. And he says, don't be as children in your thoughts, in your what you really think inside, because those thoughts are before God. But be mature. Phrem, this word of thinking, is the root of the English term diaphragm, which regulates breathing, which tells you my thoughts regulate my life. My thoughts regulate my life. And I don't think we, we can take a message like that casually. Because at the end of the day, we can never, ever point a finger to God. Never can we point a finger to God. What did you say? It's not the external pollutes you, it's what's coming out of your hearts that's defiling you. That is making you unclean before Him. Let's go to First um, Corinthians 2, 6. Without immaturity, Kilamanda. Mm, Without allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us into this divine growth that is ours in Christ, to grow in the full stature of the Christ man, will not discern the words of God correctly, will not be able to hear God right, will not be able to understand this word, which truly is a mystery. Now, Jesus said, you know, I speak in parables, but I've given you understanding. Paul writes here the same in chapter 2, 1 Corinthians. However, we speak wisdom among those who? Among those who are babes? Among those who struggle in their inward thoughts and, and want to continue to do so? No, towards those that are found in the press. Towards those that Paul says the mature, the ones, the, the, the mindset of the mature, Paul says, is the one that forgets what was, but presses. Just because I haven't attained doesn't mean I go to park. Just because I haven't attained the revelation of the love of God in, in more full doesn't mean I just park and I stew in the old unbelief. No, I pick myself up. The Holy Ghost will, will quicken us and bring to remembrance the words of Jesus and say, Desi, he loves you. Desi, he loves you. Desi, turn back to him. Desi, trust him. So that I grow up. By this word, I grow up. So I can understand what he's communicating to me, which ultimately is to do with the will of God for my life. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But what we speak, the wisdom of God in a mystery. The wisdom of God is always spoken in a mystery. It's hidden from the world. It's too precious. We can't, that's, you know, the word, the word says about casting pearls before swine. This word is precious. This word is pearls. Not going to be cast to the swine, to the immature who tread over it and snort over it and walk away from it. This is precious word. Blood was shed. The word shed blood. The word broke its outer shell. The body of Jesus. He is the word. Precious word spoken in mystery. And the mature, those that have ears to hear, they will hear the truth of the word. This is the hour to grow up in the love of God. 
so we can hear the mysteries of God. The hidden wisdom which is of God, ordained before the ages for our glory. This wisdom is not for our damnation. It's not for our destruction. It's for our glory. And so when he corrects us, when he corrects us, it's for our glory. It's for our glory. And that's why oftentimes his word can come across, especially initially. Well, initially it's very loving and tender. And as we start growing, it becomes more corrective in nature. And when it's more corrective in nature, we're like, oh my dear, I've missed it. Oh my dear, I've walked away from God. No, no, keep walking. It's his love that's chastening you. It's, it's his love that's disciplining you. It is his love that's bringing you up. Just as you're growing up and you have parents that train you and you, you go to school and teachers correct you through your testings and just allow the correctiveness and the love of the word to bring you up into the full stature of God. So we don't, we don't harden our hearts when he speaks to us. Oh no, here he goes again. Oh no, here he goes again. Again, and I've, oh, yes, Lord. I want to grow. Yes, Lord, talk to me. What is the plan you have for my life? The word of God is the power of God. It's the love of God that brings forth maturity within us. Ephesians 4.13, I'll close here. Ephesians 4.13. Before 4.13, we'll go to Paul's prayer in chapter 3. Ephesians 3, 14, For this reason I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who said, O Corinthians, our hearts are wide open to you. This restriction that you have within, it's not to do with us. It's to do with the restriction you've placed within your own self through the carnal mind. And so he's the one praying here for this church in Ephesus. For this reason, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the where? In the inner man. So your mind be renewed and that your inner man be made strong. That your carnal thoughts be no longer a restriction to that which is in your inner man. Pure love, pure glory, pure joy. Oh, pure joy. To have joy in this hour. Hallelujah. To be made strong in this hour. To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That the Christ man that we be aware that now Christ dwells in me and from this indwelt Christ, the thoughts that come are led of the Holy Ghost and these are thoughts of great ah, accolades of glory and, and divine wisdom and acceptance and a movement in the right way to fulfill a calling that he's placed inside of me. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, you see, it's in my rooting and my grounding in the love of God, I'm able to comprehend, to understand, to open up my heart with all the saints. That's what is the width, the length, the depth, the height. What is the stature of Christ he's talking to? To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled, may be filled with all the fullness of God. And so then we can go here. Well, in, in, in verse 9, verse 10, that he might feel all, that he might feel all things. And then here we got 13. Till we all come to the unity of the faith. How? Through the revelation of the love of God, rooted and grounded in the love of God. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to know and to believe the love of God. That's the knowledge of the Son of God. What is the knowledge of the Son of God? Is to know I'm loved. Because in John, in the last chapters, in his last prayer, says, Father, I know you love me. This is the knowledge of God. There's no higher knowledge than to know I'm loved. What's the knowledge of God? How he put the stars. Well, he put the stars because he loves me. He wants me to look at the stars. To know the knowledge of the Son of God, 
最 what a perfect man， 最 mature man。To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ， and there I wrote Christ is the mature man。The Christ man within me is the mature man. So when we talk about grow up in love,、um, this maturity is really a recognition of who lives in me. And the more I allow my mind to be renewed, I I walk earth as a living sacrifice. Why a living sacrifice? Because I've reckoned my old man dead. I've reckoned all those cramming thoughts, all those restrictive, compressed ideas of who I am and 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 what everything else is. I reckon that dead, and I'm allowing now the Holy. Goes to move me through the Word of God to renew my mind to bring forth a massive expansion of this Christ life that I already bear inside of me, so I can outwardly bear the image of Christ because it it is a reflection. The outer man is a reflection of what the inner man believes. And today we encourage one another. We are found in the press, and we finish maybe with Philippians. I said Ephesians, but I said let's go Philippians. Paul himself. Not that I have already attained. This is not a condemning word. It's an encouraging word to press. Don Park, go, go in the depth of this word. Go, come back to the word. Come back to the love of the word of God. Paul says, "Not I have already attained, or I'm already perfected. That's mature. I'm not not the mature one yet, but I'm pressing. I press on." That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me, brethren. I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do: I forget those things which are behind. I forget the the elementary. I forget the the squabbles. I forget the carnal ways, and I. Reach forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, the knowledge of the Son of God. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, that's the word, mature. Tell us, as many as are mature, because what matured love casts out fear. As many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, such a tender statement, God would reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. He's saying, don't lose of that which you've already attained. Because when you park, you're actually losing everything you've attained, and you go back to the elementary. You back go back to that which he called the, the, the basic principles of the gospel: repentance, the laying on of hands, eternal judgment. But we are to press to the more excellent way, which is what the love of God. That I now pursue love. But I now pursue love, and so he said, "To the degree that you've already attained, let us walk in the same, and continue walking, looking unto Jesus, the Author and the Finisher of our faith." Amen. Thank you.